Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Human history has witnessed many great moral and ethical teachers, Plato, Socrates, Confucius, just to name a few. The Bible also contains wonderful teachings of morality and ethical behavior, but no one save the Lord Jesus Christ himself ever claimed, as he did in John 6, that the words which I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. We all need to ask ourselves this fundamental question. Is God's word to us just a book of ethical and moral teachings, or is it a book that brings us to spirit and life? Welcome once again. Ed Marks has joined us as we look at chapter 6 today. Ed, welcome back to the program. Yeah, Chris, I'm happy to be back. I feel like this program will be a great spiritual help to all our listeners. These verses in Luke very much parallel the so-called Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which we spent a lot of time on when we were in our life study of Matthew. The emphasis there, of course, was on the kingdom and the constitution of the kingdom. Here, the teachings in Luke are offered as the high standard or the highest standard of morality. But whether it's the kingdom life or the God-man life that we see in Luke, Ed, there's a principle at work here. And I'd like to read a passage from chapter 6 and then ask you to develop it a little bit to see how the principle of the source of life is developed. Okay, in chapter 6, verse 43, For there is no good tree that produces corrupt fruit, nor again a corrupt tree that produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not collect figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a thorn bush. Ed, why did the Lord Jesus bring out this speaking here? Well, Chris, what we see in Luke chapter 6, we see the fruit of the good tree. You know, the Lord wants us to be good trees with an expression of the life of that tree, which is Christ himself. And what we see in Luke 6 is the expression, the fruit of this good tree. And Chris, I think this program is going to be a great help to us because what we will see in this program is that the fruit or the expression depends on the life of the tree. And what we will see is that all of this highest standard of morality in Luke 6 comes out of Christ as our inner life. When we take him as our life, when we enjoy him as our life, when we're filled with him as our life supply, we express him. And that expression is the highest standard of morality. So with the picture of this tree, Ed, the fruit that's produced will be determined by the life source that is feeding that particular tree. Is that the point? Exactly. So it's not merely ethical teachings, but this is why you read that verse, the Lord's words are spirit and life to us. When we take in his words, we get the life, Christ as our life supply, and spontaneously a wonderful high expression comes out of that. 
Okay, let's back up to nearer the beginning of the chapter and before he presents these teachings. In verse 12 and 13, it says, And in these days he went to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. And when it became day, he called his disciples to him, and he chose from them twelve, whom he also named apostles. So prior to This high teaching, Ed, and even the selection of the Twelve, he spends an entire night in prayer alone. Let's go to Witness Lee. This teaching was given by the God-man after he prayed through the whole night and after he did uh, the appointment of the Twelve. This indicates that he didn't do it by himself and he didn't initiate it and he didn't do it just from his own source because before teaching the disciples in front of so many unbelievers he prayed the whole night we know to pray is to get ourselves out of ourselves right and to pray is to pray ourselves into God You have to believe after one whole night's prayer, this man, Jesus, was absolutely out of himself and absolutely in God the Father. So he came out to appoint the twelve, not in himself, but in God. Following this, he taught his disciples. Uh, His teaching must be a teaching not out of him, but out of the Father. You must have a clear understanding of this background of his teaching. Otherwise, you would just be on the surface. Ed, we're still uh, touching the point that we were fellowshipping just a moment ago related to the source here. And his last word was quite piercing. He says that if we don't have a clear understanding of this principle and have this as the background, we'll look at these verses just in a superficial or a surface manner. What is he really uh, pointing to here? Well, what we see again with the Lord's pattern here, Chris, is that he took the Father as his source, just like we need to take Christ as our source. He's the good life within us. From that life comes good fruit, a high expression. In the same way, he took the Father as his source. And Chris, this is is such a marvelous example because this was a momentous decision to choose these 12 apostles. And he prayed all night. He prayed himself fully into God so that he was infused with God. You know, Chris, just to show this, the Lord is quite wonderful. You know, as a man... If you look at John 5:19, he says the son can do nothing from himself. But whatever he sees the father doing, that's what he does in like manner. This shows he took the father as his source. Now Chris, I would just like to apply this to our own experience. Um you know when we serve the Lord, everything we do has to come out from God as the source and the initiation of all that we do. This requires us to pray. Whenever we serve the Lord, before we serve the Lord, just like on this radio program, our listeners don't hear what goes on before, but we always pray before we come on this program because we want everything to flow out of God as the source. Also, we want everything to be through God as the means of our service. So we want everything to be out of him and through him. 
That means he is the instrument, the means, the vehicle. He's our power. He's our ability. He's our strength to serve him and to minister him. And also, we want everything we do to be for his glory. And his glory means for his expression. And his expression, again, is the fruit that's born out of us with him as the life source. So, Chris, all of this requires us to follow the Lord's pattern, to pray ourselves into God so that everything we do in our service to him will flow out from him. Ed, these sections that we're fellowshipping right now, I think, are really setting up the final portion that we'll come to in a few minutes. Uh, We're going to stay on this line related to the source, and and we really are encouraging one another and our listeners to view these passages, these well-known admonitions in the teaching of the Lord Jesus here, the high teaching, beyond mere commandments that we are to try to do our best to strive and keep. These are all portions that should focus us, point us, not on our own sufficiency, which there just isn't enough of to carry this out, but to bring us back to God in a very foundational way. Well, one of these teachings that should uh, serve to bring us to the end of ourselves and a realization that we are not up to this high standard is in verse 27. But to you who hear, I say, love your enemies, do well to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who revile you, and then jumping down to 35, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Oh, this is tremendous, Ed. It is, Chris, and I love this term, sons of the Most High. We'll see more of the significance of this as Brother Lee shares. You have to realize the uh, basic elements of uh, his teaching are just of two. What two? Number one, life. Number two, the word. Life, the divine life. Word, divine word. How could we know that uh, his teaching was based on the elements of life and word? Because, number one, he says... We have to love our enemy. We have to love our enemy. Just like our Father loves us. Then we will live as the sons of the Most High. If we don't have the divine life, how could we be the sons of the Most High? And such a living, a living on the high standard of morality, comes from the divine life with which we have been born of the Most High. So this refers definitely to the divine life. Then secondly, she says, only the good tree produces the nice fruit. No rotten tree produces the nice fruit. The fruit is the living And the tree's life is the source of the fruit. Living comes out of the life. Life is the source. Living is just the issue. Now, surely in his parables, we are the trees. And these trees do have a proper life, a genuine life, a high standard life. That is the divine life. 
Out of this life, the issue will be just the expression of the triune God who loves his enemy. So, by ourselves, there's no possibility that we can love the enemy. But we do have an enemy-loving life within us, and that is the divine life. And this divine life should be the very source of the highest standard morality. The highest standard morality is just the issue, the expression of this divine life. Now you see the sins of the Most High and the good tree all denote what? Denote the source of the high standard morality. And that source is the divine life. Well, Ed, we have this portion that contains this admonition, this requirement that we love our enemies. I don't recall having that experience much, Ed, but yet there was a time when we were enemies of God, and even then he loved us. So there is an enemy-loving life there for us, isn't there? There is, Chris. And Chris, this passage is very touching to me. Uh, I'd like to give just a little personal testimony here. When I was in college, I was an unbeliever, and I took a course. The title of it was Life and Teachings of Jesus. The man who taught that was a dear, dear brother. But I was an unbeliever, and I remember when I read the parallel portion to Luke 6 is, of course, Matthew 5 through 7. And when I read this about loving your enemies and turning the other cheek if someone hits you, lending to people and not expecting anything in return, I thought to myself, who can do this? You know, even we had a class discussion, and I said, who could do this? This is impossible. And the teacher, all he could say was, Mr. Marks has a very good point. You know, and it is a good (laughs) point, but this is a great help. Who can do this? We can't do this in ourselves. Actually, only Christ himself can live this kind of life. And he has come into us to be our very life. This life within us is an enemy-loving life. So, Chris, it's so marvelous. We are sons of the Most High. And the standard of morality for us as sons of the Most High is the highest standard. Well, how can we meet that highest standard? Well, as sons of this person who is God called the Most High, we have the Most High life within us. And as we enjoy this life through his word, you see, when we get into his word and we enjoy his word, his word conveys the divine life into our being. That life becomes our supply. And eventually the issue and expression of that divine life is the highest standard of morality. Then spontaneously, we do love our enemies. We do these things. We lend. We don't expect things in return. I think, like you said, Chris, we've got a lot of growth in life to go because we realize how short we are. But this expression is determined by the level of the life within us. That is why we have to get in the Word every day, pray every day, so that this life can increase within us and we can have this marvelous expression Revealed in Luke 6. Ed, we opened the program today offering a, somewhat of a comparison between the Lord Jesus and some of these other great ethical and moral teachers of human history. In this last section, we're going to come back to that and explore it a little bit and really see the fundamental, the organic difference between the Lord Jesus Christ and such other great ones like Confucius, who Witness Lee will bring specifically to the fore here. Confucius can never render such a teaching. 
because he didn't know the divine life. And he didn't have the divine life, neither could he render this divine life to others. But listen, this God-man, he knows the divine life, and he possesses the divine life, and he himself was the divine life. And he renders himself into us as the divine life. So his teaching is just to express what he is. He is such a person, he lives such a life, so he teaches this way. At the conclusion of his teaching, he says, if you do things and behave yourself according to his word, you lay a good foundation. His word is the foundation of your being, of your behavior, and of your work. We know the word is always the expression of life. Life is within, and the word is the speaking out. How do you have life? You have life through the word. You receive the word of life, and you get life. So we must see that this teaching concerning the high standard of morality is altogether based upon life with its expression, the word. Life and the word. The Lord Jesus says, My word is the spirit and the life. Now you can see life and the word both are depending upon the spirit. If there's no spirit, there's no life. If there's no spirit, there's no real word. So, today, as we have the spirit, we have life, and we have the word. And this spirit is just the very Christ through death entering into resurrection. You must take an entire view of the New Testament to understand this portion of the word that is the teaching concerning the high standard of morality by the God-man. Ed Heap connects three things here, the word, spirit, and life. If we separate spirit and life from the word and just take this portion as an outward ethical teaching, in a very real sense, what we do, and I think it's fair to say that what many Christians have done is reduce the Lord Jesus and his teaching to that of Confucius or these other great moral and ethical teachers. Yet we're seeing the highest standard of morality matching the level of life that is in this one, aren't we? Yes, Chris. Like Brother Lee pointed out, you know, you have the teachings of Confucius, for example, which are very high ethically. But what mere ethical teachings do is they can only produce artificial fruit. What we're talking about is the fruit, the expression that comes out of the very life of God. And Christ is the life of God. And Chris, I just want to, again, apply this for us to express God in his glory, according to what we see in Luke 6, in a marvelous way, we need to be supplied with him as the divine life day by day. 
And Chris, what is so critical, as Brother Lee pointed out, is we need to be in the Word. You know, in John 6, the Lord says in verse 57, he says, he who eats me shall live because of me. He was telling people that they need to take him in as their spiritual food. Of course, they didn't understand this. And many were offended and left him at that time. But if you go to verse 63, he explains what he means. He says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So he wasn't talking about eating him physically. He was talking about taking him in as the spirit to be our spiritual food. Now, how can we do that? Well, his words are spirit and life. So his words are the embodiment of spirit and life. When we take in God's words, we take in the life supply and spontaneously what we are eating his words. We're taking him as our spiritual food. Spontaneously, we express him according to this highest standard of morality. And Chris, practically, I think the way we can enjoy the word in this way is I would just like to encourage our listeners to use the Bible as your prayer book. In fact, in the morning when you open the Word, read the Bible, make the words of the Bible your prayer. Spontaneous, I'm just thinking, like if you're reading John 1.1, and it says, in the beginning was the Word, you can pray that to the Lord. You could say, Lord, thank you that in the beginning was the Word. Lord, i like to have a new beginning with you today. i like to come back to your Word Thank you. You're the word, Lord. Oh, I love you as the word. Thank you that in the beginning was the word. You see, you can just make that phrase your prayer, and you could go phrase by phrase through the entire Bible like that. The Bible is a marvelous prayer book. When we do this, we convert that word on the printed page to spirit and life. Then we enjoy him as our spiritual food, and we express him according to the highest standard of morality in Luke 6. To me, this is very practical. It is, and uh, none of these other great uh, philosophers or teachers ever made such a claim. They all may have touched uh, many of the same ethical points and behavioral points, but none of them said, my words are spirit and life. My words can make you a being full of life. They never made that claim, did they? Yeah, Chris, it's quite remarkable when you think about it. Here's the Lord's words showing us the highest standard of morality. But those very words, when we eat them as our spiritual food by praying over them, those very words supply us with what he is to make us what his word says. It is a marvelous miracle that only the Lord's words are like this. And, Ed, many uh, dear saints through the ages have learned this secret, haven't they, and practiced. I know we've read uh, in previous occasions or mentioned a few other names of ones who discovered the benefit of actually praying God's Word back to God. Right, Chris. If you look throughout the history of the church, I mean, you can talk about Martin Luther, George Mueller, George Whitfield, D.L. Moody. They all use the Bible as their prayer book, and they feasted on God's Word and there was, a, there was a spontaneous expression of Christ in their lives, and we need to be the same way. Well, I like the practical handle that uh, we left uh, our listeners with today and this conversion that can take place when the Word is really mixed with prayer and faith and the exercise of the Spirit. It becomes something so living, so nourishing, and so supplying to meet the demand. That's right, Chris. And thank the Lord what he says here is precious. My words are spirit and life. 
Thank you, Ed, for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you here in the studio, and we look forward to whenever you're able to come back. Yeah, Chris, I'm looking forward to the next uh, program on the Life Study of Luke. We're out of time. Let me uh, give you our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. We would love to hear from you. It's one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Ed Marks today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America, and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.